0: Hello, Hello and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Grant Howitch, and this is Christopher Taylor. Hello. And we will answer and we will answer your RPG questions, whether you want us to or not.
1: Because we're like that.
0: Yeah, we need an ending, like catchphrase. I we well. do. Rather than just like, okay, bye, toodle. We need like something we say to round out the show.
1: Answer on a postcard.
0: Stay advised.
1: <laughs> now you know. Mm, now you know.
0: That's good. We'll try that. We both say now you know.
1: <laughs> Just really creepily.
0: Yeah. Um, what was I talking about before? Yeah, I, I, I went viral this week. You I did go viral, viral this week. So, um, and if you're listening to this podcast, if you haven't read Honey Heist, there's there is a very strange Venn diagram at play here. <laughs> yeah. all of the all of the sub fifty listeners we have to this episode, we have to this podcast. Wow! Don't reveal must... the
1: huge numbers.
0: Man, it's, it's it's visible on some close. Shut up! <laughs> Anyone can come in. Um, any of the um people who haven't seen, Honey. but you know what? Anyway, yes, I did. I I, I released the game and it went very, it went very, very viral uh, on on RPG uh, Reddit and um, Twitter. And honestly, slightly too viral. Uh, but you know, it got me some more money Got me some more of that sweet Patreon money and oh. I can just disappoint these motherfuckers From now on
1: <laughs> The big RPG dollar
0: It'll be interesting to see how that how my Patreon subscriptions Go down after my next game
1: Yeah Cause that's so, my,
0: suck. my next game is You are um, robot operators in the Exquisite Core um, And that's A play on words of Exquisite Corpse Which is a surrealist game Where you take turns drawing the head, body and legs Of a creature and then reveal it
1: So it's like Mad Libs, but pictures.
0: it's like Mad Libs. You might call it Consequences. That's the other thing you might call it. Um, And I like the idea that that you each draw one bit of a mech and then join them together to fight the baddie. But you don't get to see the mech before. You don't get to see each other's drawings. It's not a collaborative process. It's a private process. Then you have to work out how how a mech with three heads and no legs is going to do anything.
1: (laughs) Is there a role to get in the robot? Um, There's a role to form the head. Ah, okay, that's good.
0: An L form the head is one of my favourite things to say. But no, like, I, like this isn't <laughs> actually. Come to think of it, that would be a really great idea for a different mech game where it's about trying to convince this whinging little fuck to get in the giant robot. Yeah. <laughs> Just this crying little toad. Oh, but I don't want to get in the robot. It sounds too exciting
1: and useful. Oh, okay. You mean
0: both? The, you mean both the like Neo Tokyo and the narrative?
1: Yes, to both. I, I might have fun destroying cities with an enormous laser cannon. Could I just get on a train and then listen to, like, some sort of mini-disc player for three episodes? And then everyone becomes soup? And then have a wank on a beach, maybe?
0: That was... Sorry, for anyone who's not seen Neon Genesis Evangelion, we have kind of spoiled it for you. It's mainly In the, in the end, everyone becomes soup.
1: And potential be- be- beach wanking.
0: I don't think he has a... He doesn't have a wank on the beach. He has a wank on that coma patient. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit. It's some... Um,
1: I'm conflating memories. That's what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Anyway, enough wanking on coma patients. Welcome to Hearty Dice, friends. Chris, Hello. this isn't. This, this is a podcast, ostensibly where we we answer questions. We are we are both game designers. Hello. Um, we have had a doozy of a week for game design. Just to just to part the kimono a little bit.
1: Who? Why? Uh, uh,
0: we're currently on our tenth rewrite of our current system. I, I
1: believe the actual document is called Rewrite Fuck Thousand and One.
0: I'm so tired. <laughs> it uses D. It uses D twenties now. It's it, that's a thing. It just happened.
1: Oh, we're the worst.
0: It, it's so it's been a four month process. No, hang on more than that. Don't. Six month process now, and so far we've used D sixes, D tens, D sixes again, D tens again. Cards. One D ten, a D ten pool, D sixes, and now D twenties. Right. So um. Yeah,
1: Whew. but it's good. To be fair, it's good. It's really I'm really I'm good.
0: excited. I'm really excited to play with it. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but we have we've had a fucker of a week for trying to do anything um, we haven't already done before. But we've t- taken taken some time out to deliver advice to you, the hungry public, cawing, meeping like baby birds, mouths agape at the bottom of our nest, and we're going to come and regurgitate a load of game design advice worms into your waiting
1: moors, is yeah don't we, is. We don't we don't want the sound going into your mouth
0: yeah if if your headphones are currently in your mouth please oh, we can't tell them can we no,
1: just just leave them to it They're, it's not worth okay, it yeah you know what you, you be you buddy <laughs> <laughs> be the best you you live can your best possibly life. be yeah live your so best apparently life. Is swallowing headphones <laughs> Would you like a question? Should we we, we go for a question? Should we try that out? Yeah,
0: give me a question, big horse. Okay, this one comes from. Hang on, I'll I'll, I'll do the catchphrase. My hearty dice friend, what is the first question?
1: The first question is Which universes Mm. from film, TV, books, etc. have most inspired you and your work? From Will. Hey, Will. Is that Will with one L? No, two L's.
0: Ah, okay, Will with two L's, okay. I've always been very much inspired by Red Dwarf. It is the best. By, um, it's the best and like I grew up watching Red Dwarf. I used to get very excited coming home on Thursdays to just just to get that some of that fresh Red Dwarf action. Um mm-hmm. I used to come I used to come home from from uh, from Cubs. Oh. Um which is a kind of like a like like a miniature uh, boy scouts for any American listeners. I don't think they have Cubs over there. And I used to come home and used to watch Red Dwarf and I didn't really get all the jokes when I was a kid, but as as I've grown up and rewatched it um it's it's informed a huge amount of my work creatively because it's about four in inverted commas people who don't really like each other and are stuck in a system which they don't understand and they're not the brightest and best at all no they obviously
1: like they are all idiots
0: yeah lister is terrible he's garbage uh, and like yeah yeah like like he's 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 happened to survive rimmer is only alive because lister hates him so much he won't kill himself or like, 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 he'll push forward. Crichton is a malfunctioning robot, and the cat is the the, the cat is the sole survivor of two space space-faring civilizations who was left behind
1: because he was, according the worst. to the fiction of the book, he was the worst. So and they so, left without like, him.
0: They left to find Clister, or Cloister um, uh, in their holy texts. Anyway, point is, they're all terrible. None of them like each other. And they're just doing the best they can to get through, and they and do. I really love that as a story. Like that really informed a lot of my inspiration in *Paranoia*, in that you don't like each other, but you have to do this. So, you, like, you should try and get on. Yeah. But you're not really getting on. But well,
1: that's what that's, about I mean, you, Chris? that's one of the best dynamics in, in the entirety of Red Dwarf* is the kind of Lister, Rimmer dynamic of they hate each mm, other but need yeah. each other so much. Yeah, very much so. That's fantastic. Um, I'm going to go with books for mine. I'm going to go mm. with a classic fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. Oh, i never read that. It is huge and ponderous. Mm. It is like trying to turn an elephant of a book. <laughs> uh, like, there's an entire book... What's when the
0: opposite of turns on a sixpence?
1: Turns, turns t- on a ten pound note. No, I think it turns on one of those enormous comedy checks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> like when you win the
1: pools. Yeah, when you win the pools <laughs> or there's a charity event. It turns on one of those. <laughs> okay. Um... And there's an entire book where they're just on a boat, going to a place, oh. and it's just oh. so tedious. But the rest of it is fantastic. What's good about it? Um, it's they showed me that magic can be a bit of a different system. Okay. Um, because previously, all all magic in books had been very much of the the Vanceian style. Yeah,
0: I learned this from a named guy.
1: Yes. Whereas there's. Um, there's a gender disparity between the the magic in the Wheel of Time. Oh, yeah. The female casters weave magic together from threads. So they take fire out of something and water out of something and they weave it into another thing. Steam. Yeah, presumably. Okay. Um, <coughs> and the male half of magic is more direct. Um, mm. It's more about just bending forces and pushing and pulling forces. But right, the okay. male half... Due to plot reasons, got tainted, right. so people who use it go mad. Okay. So there's no male casters, and the female caster's job is to keep the male casters from existing. Okay, that's fun. Um, and the main character in the book well, is bringing off. back the male half of the of the magic. Right. Um, okay. Cool. And using it as a weapon as a weapon in a sort of Lord of the Rings big fight sort of way.
0: I'm always fascinated to see, um, like. Magic applied in in interesting ways. Like one of the things which actually quite bored me about Harry Potter was that magic, oh, it does stuff. Yeah, it does stuff. It can turn back time. Oh, so you could solve every plot point. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, no. And the fact that there's no sort of there's no limits on how magic can be used, and it doesn't drive you mad, it doesn't exhaust you. You can just spaff off ones uh, spaff off one spells all day.
1: Yeah, I think I think and, that's re- that's really well shown in in like Harry Potter dueling. Hmm. Like it's so it's a basic sword fight.
0: Yeah. I can and like I I can totally dig it, but I think from a mechanical point of view it doesn't really excite me. Yeah. Um
1: Whereas whereas when I, you've got different schools of magic going up against each other and different ways of casting, yeah. there's always a surprise.
0: I always I always had a great respect for um so uh, I'm gonna reference Wushu again. Uh, but Dan, but the, the last book that Dan Bain put out of it was called Weird Foo. and so the X foo books were uh, basically system agnostic things where Dan Bain was like, hey, "Here's some cool ideas for a fight," and, and like he had some pretty good ideas for a fight. I will say that. Mm-hmm. And Weird Foo was how to how to introduce magic into games of wushu. And the one thing he said was like, "Here's one rule for magic: you don't understand it. It has no rules. It has that like, you can't have spheres, you can't have dot ratings in it. It doesn't make sense. If magic makes sense, it's science." Yeah. And I had a huge respect for that, because once you start building schools of magic and once you start building organizations then it's science, and that's fine you know it's just it's science you can do without you know the standard scientific equipment but I really like the way if you look at something like unknown armies where magic is a different it's different than expressed depending on the user
1: yep yeah.
0: it's um it's it's that like that there is a force that that is adjacent to our world and it comes through in strange ways and I like that rather than having oh if I do this this and this I conjure Melf's acid arrow what a dick bag Melf must have been
1: right and Bigby
0: he had well no like, Bigby's okay he just made a big hand and that's fine like, yeah, big hands it, can it, be used for did, a lot it, of things but he doesn't
1: it, like it's crushing hand
0: well it's cr- crushing grasping you know I like okay like you could potentially use a big hand for non dangerous situations Bigby's, like, for Bigby's giant
1: sexual harassment lawsuit is what that is
0: but, Bigby's probing digit. Yeah. But Melf made an arrow out of acid. That's, that's a real dick move. It's not like Mordenkainen. No. Morden, hang on. Mordenkainen did um his. Uh, was it the, the disjunction? Yep. What's the name of the. Uh, Le- was it Liamund's tiny hut? That's my favourite one.
1: Yep. Uh, and Liamund's secret locker.
0: Liamund, who made a tiny hut? Lehmann. Come into my tiny hut, boys! Mainly
1: about boxes and storage. Hang on.
0: I want to try and give Liam Under a slightly different voice because i was just Deckard Cain again. Yep,
1: Let's
0: do it. Let us try. I'm just, just, just going to get the character. Hang on. Ah, come into my tiny hut, boys. Hmm, it's good. now what? what, what do you? What, like, have you got any notes? Why do you want me to push it?
1: I, I think, I think, I think you need to make it less creepy and deeper.
0: Ah, come into my tiny No, That's that's too posh. Hang on.
1: More raspberry. Oh, come, come into my tiny hut, boys. There we go. He's a bit Sea Captain. Yeah, a little bit haggard. Yeah. Alright boys
0: There you go No, I've Uh, got a line of lovely
1: boxes right here Boys come into my tiny hut
0: I I think you'll like it a great deal We've got tiny cups of tea (laughs) No don't try and search for an exit Everything you need is in here Escape is both impossible and undesirable
1: (laughs) This is your life now (laughs) And that's how he acquired his children
0: Yeah so these uh, are Those are our inspirations um, shall I ask you a question from Reddit, Chris? Please
1: do. I'd love to hear a question from the Reddits. Uh, don't stop calling it that. <laughs> I know how much it annoys you. That's why I do. It. I
0: really don't like it. Um, here we are. Experienced GMs, how do you handle being a player under an inexperienced GM? And this is by Freak Job zero zero three. Nice name. Nice. Um, I think I don't think I want to know what a freak job is.
1: No, but I want one. No. <laughs> I want one, but I don't want to know what it is yes. beforehand. I want it to be a surprise. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, whatever it is, I want it to come straight out of left field.
1: So to the anyway. question.
0: Yeah, answer you. Answer the question.
1: Um, a lot of it is keeping my mouth shut mm-hmm. um, because I've I've got trapped into the perpetual GM state mm. for many years, um, and then when I'm playing with people who are less experienced, a lot of it is. Being very careful not to just go. I wouldn't have done it like that.
0: <laughs> Especially if it's a, like a rulesy system, like three point five or, or Dungeons and Dragons or anything like where there's kind of a right way and wrong way to do things.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's it's about like trying to remember that you're not you're not driving. You're a passenger in the car. Like they're the one that handles the rules, and they're the ones that handle the way the the plot goes and, and whatnot. And you can help like navigate. You can have a map, and you can make. Oh, you should probably turn left here. Yeah, but you can't just grab the wheel.
0: Or you you can certainly say, like, "Oh, actually, I want to go and find some adventure." GM, let's find some adventure. And so you just agree with everything the GM says, yes, as hard as you can. Yeah, but but you've got to remember that you you are not.
1: It's not your. It's not your story that's written down, as it were.
0: I've had some really shitty players in my time. In this in this situation, and I wasn't an inexperienced GM. I knew what the fuck I was doing, but it was fourth ed. Um, and it wasn't too long after fourth ed came out, and like I was doing some more, I was doing like an organized play session, right? In in a, in a local shop, and so it was. Uh, they just released Dark Sun. Actually, they just released the Dark Sun expansion, and so we were we were playing a Dark Sun game. And there's one guy who insisted on playing every other character at the table, including his own. Because otherwise they were doing it wrong.
1: Oh you mean like the, the other people at the table's characters.
0: Yes, yes. And also telling me like like I like I was doing it wrong when when I when I moved the monsters in a certain way or like like no they wouldn't do that.
1: What a douche.
0: So, you need to stop. And like, you know, turns out he was actually a really bad man. And like that was that was the least of his crimes. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Um but he, he was awful, and it's a very frustrating thing to, A very frustrating position to be in a GM like Because like, uh, my wife gets this whenever she GMs I start co-GMing mm-hmm. Because I'm so used To being a GM that, And also I'm so used to working in groups Who have a really high uh, level of uh, Improvisation and group Consensus
1: Yeah, the sort of true cooperation About yeah. the story
0: in that, generally, if someone says, "Oh, what about this?" and then I'll, I'll be like, "Yes," and this happens, and so because I mean, if anyone anyone who's read Unbound will know that's kind of that's how our system systems work, and so it so it can be it can be very frustrating for someone. So it's so like Mary ran dogs in the vineyard. My wife Mary ran dogs in the vineyard, and it's a um, basically an investigative crime fighting game, except the crime is maybe believing in the wrong god. It's a very good game. I can't recommend it enough and but because it's investigative and all it's, it's all sort of plotted out beforehand and all the relationships are mapped out before like and, and so I'll rock up with no idea of what's happening and start co-jamming and Mary had to sort of very uh, kind of politely um, <laughs> tell me tell me to stop jamming yeah but yeah, I ran rough sh- roughshod over other people's ideas because I'm so used to just being in charge of the scene.
1: Yeah. And
0: it's been something which I wish I've learned in improv as well. So I, I've been doing improv classes recently, and one of the biggest things I've learned is is, is realizing when to trust other people. To trust that other people will, will make the scene happen. I don't have to do every job. And yeah. like, the, that's the thing. It isn't hugely exciting to watch one person come up with a story on their own, but it's really exciting to see two people come up with a bad story yeah because because they start they start going off each other's suggestions and it seems serendipitous and exciting and the combination of ideas is really cool but if you provide the if you provide your own setup and your own punchline it's very hard to be funny
1: yeah
0: i think i think like under an under an inexperienced g m you know talk to them ask if ask if they want help with anything but um try and try and use story positioning Story positioning is a weird phrase, but you don't have to. But basically, it's it's acting out of character through your character. So saying, "Oh, I think I like. I think it'd be fun um, if we if the two of us could have a scene, like in, in, indicating another player character. I like. I don't. I, I, I don't think we'd get on. Can can we explore that through a scene? Or like, I want to learn where we came from. The two of us. Can we explore that through a scene? Uh, or like, say if 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 the GM's um, struggling to get everyone involved. Bringing other players along with you on your jaunts and on your ideas uh, to make sure that the, the the plot's moving forward and everyone's involved is something a good player does.
1: Yeah, and the other thing is that you can you can play to the story really well if you're a GM. So if they're running, let's say, a horror game, and as a GM, you'd be thinking, "I would do this. I'd put I'd mm. put the monster in a cupboard. There, <laughs> go and open the cupboard."
0: yeah stick your head into the cupboard with your eyes closed, yeah
1: like play to the fact that you that you might know the tropes you might know the story, yeah um act su- act surprise as it as it eats you, you know you can have a much better story out of that than you can just go su- and, oh, yeah. Yeah, the monster's in there, I call the police and leave,
0: I suppose like like trying to act as a perfect player. Yeah. Not, not like, and and to have your character act act well within the story rather than well. What am I going to do? What would I do here if I was trying to survive? No, 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 no.
1: Which way? You give
0: that GM as much as possible. Yep. And also, if if, if they ever suggest something, my like, god, you go along with it.
1: Always, always. I mean, always. that's just general advice. Yeah,
0: but like, especially if, like if if they're a bit uncertain about about what they're doing. Yeah. And if it doesn't work, just fuck off. Like. It, it it might not be the fact that you know that they're inexperienced, but like their their styles evolving and it doesn't mesh up with your style, and just you know leave. Yeah. Not everyone's going to make beautiful music together.
1: Yeah, it's like you don't you don't go and watch some sorts of films because you just don't like that genre. Yeah, you and there's a reason why like Chris and I games. never
0: play role playing games with each other.
1: We don't have time. Yeah, that's it.
0: Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Howard. Yeah, sorry man. All right, ask, ask me a question, mate.
1: All right now I'm going to butcher this, this gentleman's surname uh, but what monsters from local mythology a la Bigfoot or the Wendigo should be pulled into fantasy RPGs and that's from Dylan Malenfant or Malenfant, Malenfant. Malenfant. I like Malenfant
0: Dylan Bad Elephant oh no, Bad Child
1: no, Elephant, let's go Ma- with Elephant M- Malenfant huge rearing bull elephant just screeching at the circus
0: I think that the Wild Hunt is a very cool thing. Yes, I really like the Wild Hunt. I like the idea that it, that they're kind of they're dimension hopping. Chris, you're a you're a re, uh, resident mythology uh, expert. Can you describe the Wild Hunt for the listeners, please?
1: So it's a constantly roving, um, hunting party. Hunting party, yeah. Um, that sort of treads across the woodlands and wild spaces of the world. Mm. And they're they're not necessarily malevolent.
0: No, they're somewhere in between um, dryads and demons and fairies.
1: Yeah, depending on which version of the the story yeah. you track, because so
0: because like, it, was, it was called the Hell Hunt for a while as well in certain parts of Northern England.
1: Yeah, and they just then they hunt. Yeah. but the thing is that sometimes they're not particularly picky about what they hunt.
0: No. But it's 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 a very cool idea of of having effectively like it's basically a um, a massive party because they're having a great time with it yeah. and it's a continually roving party that's always happening. It just it, it appears around the world a bit like the um, the bistro in um, restaurant at uh, the end of the universe. Yeah, I love that idea. I think that's fun. I'm, I mean, obviously, I, I I adore the Fae. I adore the idea of other worlds and I adore the the idea of human like things which aren't human that idea fascinates me.
1: Yeah, that sort of corrupted image of human.
0: Chris, what about you? Uh, Cuz like actually you 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 basically live in the past, I don't do, you?
1: I do. I do. I live in the past around here, so I'm going to go with a fairly local legend. Um, Your mum. Wow. <laughs> wow. Carry on. Carry on. Um of Jenny Greenteeth who oh, is hi. a wonderful uh, English folklore legend of a hag mm. that pulls people to their deaths. Oh, cool! Because um, around around these parts, we have a lot of um, green algae that grows over the top of water, and mm. it completely covers it. I can't remember what it what the actual um, plant is, um, but it, it covers it in this kind of green mat. Um, and right. the concept is that that's her hair spread out across the top of the water. Nice. Um, and she comes out and grabs children and the unwary and drags them down. And I assume it's some sort of metaphor for the fact that you don't know what's underneath that, so don't yeah. try and swim in it. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like the the uh, what are they called? The genia loci um, style, well, the of spirits folklore. of places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where they're locked to a place, like dryads, like mm. ghosts. Where it's one of my favorite. Um,
0: one of my favorite old school D anD D adventures. I think it's from like the first or second edition of D anD D. It was from this big, this big book of adventures I got off eBay. Is there's this there's this ghost ship you have to, you have to go and sort out. There's this ghost ship in dock, and like the um the the decks are creaking and exploding, and the doors slam and like uh, slam you into like uh, trap your hands mm. as you walk through, um and uh, like uh the the ropes um lash around your legs and drag you up to the rafters, and you, like you, you, so, you bring along a cleric looking for ghosts, and it turns out that they've just like, they they've stuck a dryad in as a figurehead on the ship, and she's taken it over.
1: Oh, that's lovely!
0: It's a really lovely reveal, and I've just spoiled it. But uh, if if your players don't listen to this podcast, do steal it. <laughs> I'd like to know more about about, about mythology, actually, because like um, I, you know, I'm I think I'm more aware of other countries' mythology than my own.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: I, I think I think as well. Um, one thing which I'd like to draw on, especially, is is the ritual, like folk ritual, because like you still have like cider festivals down in your neck of the woods, don't you?
1: Yeah, we go Wassailing.
0: So, so Wassailing is, from, from what I can tell, you all go out into a field. Yep. Drink cider. Yep. And then you you sacrifice cider to an apple tree.
1: Yeah, and you scream at them. Sorry. You scream. You scream. You scream and sing at the trees.
0: Why do you scream at a tree?
1: Because it scares away all the bugs and all the bad things in the trees.
0: Ah, okay. And like, and you pick out like a like a queen, don't you? Like a like a bonny girl from the village.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that, that tradition is dying.
0: Ah, okay. Oh, I've been to your village, mate. Exactly. There's, I don't I don't think there's anyone under the age of sixty there. No, I
1: don't think there is either. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's about giving. It's about like promoting good harvest. Yeah. Um, but it's wonderful because like the entire place is just lit with fire. Like yeah. an, an orchard is just covered Super in fire. Super safe. Yeah, and everybody is wankered on proper mm. hooch cider. Oh
0: yeah, like a scrumpy, right?
1: Yeah, uh, but it tastes—it yeah. tastes like the bacteria that made it.
0: <laughs> I don't like good cider. No, it is. Sorry, I don't like clean-tasting cider. Let alone like, the stuff which just tastes like you've squeezed out a pig.
1: Yeah, it's it's <sighs> fairly harsh stuff, and it comes in enormous mm. earthenware urns.
0: That oh, that would be fun to like to, like to again to like take these English folk traditions and, and take these folk traditions for their own place and just move them like five foot into the supernatural.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of films have done that. Mm. I mean, if you look at the Wicker Man, like that's not actually that's taking good, honest English folklore mm. and moving it five feet towards supernatural. Maybe not quite into mm. supernatural.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, But it's, I mean, like, a lot of the stuff going on in there is fairly legit.
0: I like the idea of, like, of a a tree ant, or an ant, or whatever they're called, you know, uh, which has fruit on it, because they tend not to have fruit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess they're trying to stay away from sexual content.
0: Mm, That's true. It'd be be pretty hot. But I guess it would be like looking at his... Be like looking at the tree's balls? I don't know. Yes, because they're full of seeds. Yeah. Well, just but like, but like, imagine you've got like the like like the tree at the centre of your village, and he's like, oh, whom whom, do you want some apples? And like, and like, and like, his apples are coming out poisoned, and he's like, oh, there's horrible things underneath me in the water, and you have to go and fix it. And they've been feeding cider, and you've got like like elementally drunk rats living underneath him, poisoning the. Oh, that'd be fun.
1: I think I think I'd have to go with the the most terrifying of plants. What's that? Which is the grapevine. A great point um, if you've ever seen like an Italian countryside when it's after the harvest and there's just these bone hands sticking up, oh yeah, 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 just the concept that that's all one entity, yeah, <laughs> it's like one mass tree underneath and it's trying to regrow and claw its way out, <laughs> just because yeah if you look at if you look at an empty vineyard, it's horrifying.
0: You don't, like, you don't like things coming out of things, don't no, you? No, I
1: do not. It's gross. It's one of your, like one of your You don't like it when balloons go away? No, I don't like it when balloons go away, or umbrellas.
0: Is that, is that, is that a full list of your fears? Potatoes. Well, that's things coming out of other things. Yes. You don't mind normal potatoes, but if they've got the vines coming out. Like uh, uh, creepers. Uh, little, little feelers uh, looking for you. Put it away.
1: Holy oh, Christ! Put it away in my Christ. mind! Come and eat me, Chris! I'm good! I don't want it.
0: (laughs) No, they're gross. They are. All right, I have a question for you.
1: Do it. Make it happen.
0: Laox says, doesn't ask, it's not a question. I I don't know what Laox
1: is. mm,
0: As the GM, I'm really struggling with combat and playing as the monsters. What advice would you give for making combat and monsters more fun as the GM?
1: Uh, re- firstly, remember your monsters are alive. Mm-hmm. That's a thing go that on, a lot of on. people really don't don't remember.
0: What you mean, like they, like they die halfway through?
1: Well, no. The...
0: Also, Chris, what about skeletons? Oh my god! Sorry, it's pronounced skeletons, isn't it? It is
1: pronounced skeletons. Well, you know, mm. I'm sorry. Um, but quite often, when people get like a, a published adventure, it's a dungeon crawl, say, mm-hmm. and they have a fight in a room, and then they go into the next room. And have a fight. <laughs> like, that's that's not a thing. Those the monsters in the next room are going to react. They're going to yeah. panic. They're going to leave. They're going to come in and join the fight. Like, which is
0: which is quite which is quite tricky to do as a as a GM as well because all the players have to do is think about their own character. You have to try and maintain a whole world in your head.
1: Yeah, but you can kind of block the next room into one entity. Does it go? Yeah, does it stay? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah I, I can get it. I guess I, mean, I, I guess I can see why people don't do it.
1: But also like, remember that because they're alive the, some of these monsters have families mm. Like, they're not going to fight to the death all the time mm. They're going to panic, they're going to parley, they're going to run Like, if their best mate has just been blown up by an act by milf-fucking-acid-arrow <laughs> They're going to think, okay I drop the axe, I'm out
0: Alright, well cool, you know what? It's, this isn't that important mm-hmm. I think that, that's something, something important to work at What, Emily, what, what Emily's Emily, yep, if, you, yep, her if you've got Emily's, um, it, it's work out what enemies want. Yeah,
1: because
0: if they're if, if they're fighting to defend their home, first off, kind of a dick for going in and doing it, but hey ho. If they're fighting to defend their home and this is like where their families are, where all their stuff is, they don't have anything else, they don't have anywhere else to go, then they'll fight to the death. That makes sense. But if they're just working for
1: someone, yeah, if they're
0: not like, if, the, if they're there to protect the wizard, then um, you know, or... If they're getting beaten this hard, probably the wizard will die too. So you might as well cut and run while it's while while it's happening. Yeah, and you and
1: can't spend the money that. when you're dead.
0: That's much more interesting from a player perspective rather than we killed the guys just just to let go in, put on a show of force, and then to have all right. Actually, I want to talk my way out of this.
1: Yeah.
0: The other the other thing I would recommend is um as give as many things names and defining features as possible. So if you if you have a room, if you have say you know the the, the standard fantasy adventure is you've got. Four orcs in a 60 by 60 room, which you're going to go duff up
1: with a treasure chest.
0: With a treasure chest. Um, one, put something in the room, you know, don't just have an an empty room. There's orcs, there's orcs are doing something in there, and quite aside from being a better storyteller, it means that your orcs and your enemies are your NPCs are anchored in the world and it makes more sense and feels chunkier when you go in and, and interact with them. But let's say, uh Rather than saying I've got orcs number one, two, three, and four, and you're going to fight these guys and they're all like identical, you've got one orc with a scimitar, one orc with like bleached bone skin, one orc with really matted uh, red like dreadlocks and hair all mashed together into into a into a, a swathe, a swath of hair, and a fourth orc who is who has reading glasses and a big book. And their names are Grog, Anton. Scubler, scubbler and Scubler. Yeah, scubbler's the one with the uh, with a uh, 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 Scubler and Maggot. Maggot's the one with the dreads. Right, and Maggot's called Maggot's called Maggot because he's got um like he really he really likes eating maggoty biscuits. Gross. Um, and so imagine, like the, you get, and imagine
1: my... making like a like an Oreo, but with maggots <laughs> in the middle.
0: Yeah, and like, and like, you, like you come in the room and he grins at you, and he's got, and he's he's got like, 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 a little maggot coming out the side of his mouth, and he just slips it up like, like spaghetti. Oh
1: yeah, and they're all like, all like round his teeth. Yeah, yeah. All right, boys, what are you up to?
0: And like, like, I want, I want, I want to hang out with Maggot. I don't want to hang out with Maggot. He sounds fucking terrifying. Yeah. But you know, Maggot, um, the guy with the book, um, and the other two who have already forgotten. <laughs> bone white. Make them memorable. Bone face. What was it? Bone, one had a bone white face. What was the first one? What did he have?
1: Uh, somebody had dreadlocks. That was Maggot. And even I can't remember the last one. First one.
0: Uh, anyway, point is, at that point, you've got characters. And and like if you name something, then you're killing someone with a name. But also, you can do things like you can have the characters shout out to each other. And be like, oh, Maggot, give us a hand with this, will you? And that's much more fun than the orc says something in orcish. Yeah. If there's one thing, if, if if like the first thing I would remove from all of these fantasy games is languages.
1: Yeah, so it everybody is, can understand it, everybody else.
0: It is never fun to not be able to understand what's going on in a scene w- in in a game which is solely about talking to other people.
1: Although I would say that in some cases it is interesting um, if you put in, for instance, angelic and demonic as different languages. And you're translating or dealing with those situations.
0: So I suppose, like translating, yeah. Like then that's like a, that's like, like, like a, finding a an expert. Yeah, finding an expert, or like let let's say for example, rather than having um uh you know twenty different languages spoken in the in the main in the main material plane and um, abyssal and draconic and uh, so abyssal and heavenly and radiant whatever, you have everyone's everyone speaks a sort of Basic language on the ground floor, and once you get into demigods and shit, you need magic to understand it. And so, you have a spell which is comp- you know, there's a comprehend languages spell, yeah. But you cast that, and th- that way, it's like, well, we need a wizard to understand this in any way. Let's go talk to a wizard, and that's fun. And I
1: like that. Oh, we happen to have a wizard. Oh, hello, <laughs> he comes out of his <laughs> tiny shelter.
0: Oh, hello, boys. <laughs> it's it's me, Leomond, finally calling this- on
1: Uncle Leo. Is this what I sounded like? I can't remember.
0: <laughs>
1: sure.
0: Yeah, why not? And so, getting as much as you can to cement them into the world, and giving them little stories and giving them little names, and like, they don't have to, you don't have to work out a backstory for everything. You don't have to work out um, everything, but like one fact about each about each enemy to differentiate them just means that it's more fun to do it. And like giving them different weapons and shit. Not every orc carries a scimitar and javelins, even though it says they do in the three point five
1: book. Reskin everything. Reskin everything.
0: That's the other thing: is reskin everything. You can use don't any ever character use stats monsters to do anything else if you need it to. Yeah. Um, Chris, ask me a question.
1: I'd love to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How do I show a group of friends that there is a lot more out there than D and D, that we can have a rompy, fun fantasy adventures in Tolkien land, but which don't give themselves to the awful power leveling and sad cliches want to play stories and have fun doing things. And this is from Will with one L and an exclamation uh, mark. Will. A lot of Wills today.
0: It's strange. I think like people people like what they like, right? For sure. That's a great sentence, Grant. That's brilliant. Yeah, you're a writer. Uh, it, it is. What, yeah, legally. I. It's, it's tricky because like pe- people get set in their ways, and if they're enjoying what they're doing, then you don't need to. You know shock them out of that but i think i think one shots are a good way of doing this because if you're saying oh actually i want to tell a massive tolkien-esque story about travel and loss and understanding the world and growing as characters and like, oh, that's okay but it's going to take a while like it took tolkien quite a while
1: yeah that did drag on
0: that fucking did drag on but Asking for a one-shot and saying, like, well, how about instead of D&D this week, because we're in between adventures or whatever, I want to try... Uh, it's going to be fantasy, but it's going to be a different flavour of fantasy. So let's try um, Shadow of the Demon Lord, for example, which is dark fantasy. Chris has been reading Shadow of the Demon Lord all week and, and been telling me about it.
1: It is tops.
0: And so suggesting... Or like, or like uh, there's, there's the One Ring system, which is pretty good, I seem to remember. Which is another
1: system that I absolutely adore.
0: It handles combat very nicely from what i can remember it, it does it does range and positioning in really clever abstract ways so i can yes, recommend that it's
1: it's very snappy as well and it mm. feels it's it feels chunky. A campaign system though oh yeah yeah when it has an entire phase of the game devoted to travel
0: and i think you know stepping outside of um of of the genre as well just like um giving them the capacity to have more freeform adventures around something like uh, like lasers and feelings for example i really love lasers and feelings it it's Generally, you want to run it for about two hours tops.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can't really stretch it past that.
0: I, I wouldn't want to myself. It's possible if you're good and your players understand what's going on, but it's like it just one of the things about D anD D and a lot of the traditional role playing games is it takes a long time to get somewhere. Yeah, you're, a, you're
1: working it, and earning everything you get in the game rather than just, just, to just experiencing.
0: To, it, to go back to improv really briefly, uh, one one of the you know. Uh, rules in improv a bit like yes and is everything works so let's say for example um, we are we are going to do some washing and we have to get this washing done before our mum comes home example then it's really boring have wait the washing room's locked oh how are we going to get in it's like no you find the key open the door whatever because all you're doing at that point is saying oh you know what I'm not ready to commit to the next stage of the thing we know what the story is it's we do the washing or we don't do the washing Something happens when we do the washing. Something happens with our mum and, uh, coming home. That's what we've been promised. What we haven't been promised is us struggling to get the door open before we get to the fun fucking part of the game. And that's the the the, the problem with role playing games is so much of it is trying to find that key. Yeah. Um. It's like so. Dungeons and Dragons. We're gonna find a dungeon. There'll be a dragon in it. And. Seeing we've got, seeing as we've got all these rules of magic weapons and gold, There's going to be some magic weapons and gold down there. Cool. Okay, you've got six levels before you meet your first dragon.
1: <laughs> yeah, or you get the, like some stupid kobolds or a sort of lizard <laughs> thing. Like, see, I'm throwing little tiny dragons at you. These aren't dragons. These are idiots.
0: I think I think I did a, I did a first level adventure where some kobolds had resprayed a dragon to to make it worth more on the black market. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> see, that works. That's fine.
0: They were running a they were running a cobalt casino, and they didn't have any concept of um, actual casino games. So they just had like cards. That's that the card game they had. Cards.
1: It's like Snap. Cards, but, but easier.
0: Yeah, Snap. Snap was a bit complex. Or like, um, guess what's in my pockets was another one. <laughs> is it nothing? Game it is. Had. You win. It, it, it's hair. Um. And a lot of the problem with D&D is that, and with with traditional games, it takes a long time to get to the places, to get to the thing and do the thing, and so when you give someone a one-shot system or a system with accelerated progression and story progression, like Wushu, for example, or Unbound, actually, to to reference our own shit, or Lasers and Feelings, um, people get quite burnt out quite quickly, because suddenly they can have everything they wanted. You can just go and do the thing. And you realise that the reason why D&D is sustained over such a long time
1: is because it's a fucking nightmare to do the most basic things. Yeah, because it's, it's constantly dangling the carrot slightly further yeah. away.
0: You, you always want to have a challenge. You always, have, you always want to have something, something ongoing. Because it's not built out of an improv idea, it's built out, out of a puzzle idea. Yeah. It's an ongoing puzzle with very strange rules.
1: Whereas in, in something like Unbound, we give you two carrots and a little trail yeah. of carrots...
0: Yeah. And I think like if your players are used to D and D that they're gonna get scared off a bit or like think, Well this is fine but it's silly. You know, it's just it's just it's just something to fuck about with briefly. But um I think a good stopgap solution would be to try thirteenth age.
1: Yep. Yeah, because it, it, it segues is... between the more sort of indie mechanics, as it were. Yeah. And the storytelling the, mechanics. Yeah. And the core game mechanics of D and D. mm. And you can kind of walk them very slowly through a path until they're playing Polaris, or trying, trying to I play.
0: I, I don't think I could play Polaris, honestly. I don't think it anybody like can. A, it it seems it's it seems very hard. It seems like a lot of hard work. Oops. I'm gonna like. I don't think it's bad. I just think that it's a story about tremendously sad elves, and I'm not. I'm not there for that.
1: Yeah, it requires a different brain to, to mind to compute. Yeah, for sure. I can.
0: Um, c- can you ask me another question from the uh, from the list, please?
1: I can. The next question from the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Many games make use of one or more D fours, but as is clear to anyone who's ever used one of these dice, uh, horribly nasty things, slippery to pick up, bounce like mad, and often unreadable. How do I avoid these ghastly dice as much as possible? From Sam Sargent.
0: Well. Don't play a rogue. Don't
1: play a rogue. Or a wizard, that's your hit point dice. Don't,
0: yeah, don't yeah, it's, it's also your magic missile dice.
1: D eights halved.
0: D eights halved, yeah, that works. Um D six, but ignore fives and sixes. Yep. Or re roll fives and sixes, that takes a while.
1: D twenties ignore a lot of dice a lot of numbers.
0: That's true, yeah. It's like like a D thirty three you could use in fact. Yep. Yep. Fuck Percent- it, a D one hundred two
1: of the centaurs if you want to be there for a while.
0: You, I mean, like you could roll a d100 and divide it by um, 25. That would work straight away. It's quick, yeah, really snappy. Easy. I um yeah, I think I think that I, I think that you like rolling a d8 and halving it is probably your best bet. Um, I d- I don't like d4s myself. They're really like the ginger-haired stepchild of the dice tree, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think d4s are actively hated, whereas the d12 is forgotten.
0: The d12 just seems like you know. Uh, like I want you to imagine a group of um, of a group of anything, a group of any people or animal in a cartoon, and they're running along, and then they run off screen, and then at the back there's a big one going. Oh, oh,
1: oh, oh, oh. That's the D twelve, like the rhino in Jumanji. In Jumanji,
0: yes, like like the little tubby rhino, or like Will Smith's
1: other son.
0: What? What? Will Smith's other other son? Yep. I thought you only had one son. I don't get it. That's my point. Oh, okay. Because they always stopped filming before.
1: I think his name's Trey.
0: Trey Smith.
1: Yeah, Trey Smith. There you
0: go. Very Smith.
1: Trey Smith, son of Will Smith.
0: Stop it. Stop making up Smith. He has
1: two sons. What? One's called Trey, the other's called Jaden. Hang
0: on. Trey Smith? Shit. Oh, it's from a previous marriage.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Still his son.
0: From from his marriage to well, from his from his mother is Sherry Zampino. Good name.
1: But the point is, nobody knows. No, this man has another son.
0: No, well, I mean, Jaden's working really overtime on that. Yeah, they're they're, they're a they're a good looking family, aren't they? Just all round. They are handsome, handsome, well presented family. But Trey is the more...
1: embodiment of the D twelve. Yeah, is there?
0: Yeah, I can get it, yeah. Nice guy, bit of a D twelve.
1: <laughs> I like that. That works. We all know a D twelve.
0: I feel like the D ten is the popular kid.
1: Yeah. Well no, I mean that's D six.
0: Nah nah, the D six is a workhorse, mate.
1: What like like a navy?
0: Well, nah, like like the D six works hard, it plays hard, it's okay. It's not like it doesn't have airs and graces, it'll let you sit with it. But the D10 is the popular kid Look at all my sides, it's saying World of Darkness uses me
1: Have you met my brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah He's got an extra digit <laughs> The D11 yeah. no, 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 Not one extra digit <laughs> Alright, an extra integer <laughs> oh, Okay The D what? percentile The zero zeros, Oh, right, twenties. Yeah, I the... get it, yeah, Jeez. yeah, okay,
0: yeah. Do, you, do you think the D100 is the D10's brother? Yeah It's not his dad like, I see. I see them as rival. I, I, you see. I see the um, the D100 is kind of, kind of like the the nerdy version of the D10. Yeah, but so like they're, they're like, still related. Uh, as well off wears exactly the same nice clothing, but doesn't have many friends.
1: It does, but they're all reading horror books or reading Lovecraft. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're all playing BRP.
1: <laughs> Hang on.
0: I think, I think, why, what,
1: what? I'm a D percentile.
0: Am I, I'm, I'm not a D10. No, but I
1: just like I've found my dice roll.
0: I like to imagine the D20 is a big fat guy in a Hawaiian shirt, he's ready to party.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he is loving Oh them. yeah! Hey guys! It's luau time! Stephen, Stephen, it is January. <laughs> it is snowing.
0: <laughs> like, and no like he's wow. wearing shorts. He's wearing shorts, and he's got he's, he's got his shirt open. He's wobbling his big belly around, and everyone's happy to see him. Aside from that guy who's asking him, not just in not to
1: one do hand a drink and a pineapple, in the other hand a yeah. drink and a coconut. Yeah, the man has never used glassware in his life.
0: <laughs> he doesn't know what it's for.
1: <laughs> How do you drink if you are not holding fruit?
0: D twenty is D twenty is big fat party animal in, in a Hawaiian shirt for sure. D twelve is Trey Smith. Yep. D- so D one hundred is a, is is a well off nerd, yep. like a nerd in a blazer. Hello, hello. Um, the D eight. Oh, who's the D eight?
1: Oh, the D eight.
0: Because I quite like a D eight. I think like maybe the D eight is incredibly boring.
1: Maybe. I don't no, know. No, I, no, see, like... I see them as, as as like that, like a semi attractive business person.
0: So are we going for like okay? So it's like any person yeah so they this, so they're quite generic or it's like because I don't think any any system uses d eights as a core dice
1: Not that I can think of, I'm sure there is one
0: well, of course there is, but maybe like maybe like they're a transfer student, and no one really quite got to know them, and they're always a bit distant like they seem, I mean, cool. they, they seem cool they seem cool, we just don't seem to have much in common
1: maybe their parents don't let them hang out that often
0: yeah that's probably and like you know like you're not you're not really cut up about it
1: no but like it'd be nice if they came round occasionally you know if there's a yeah, party like, like why are they not here
0: and like it's hinted always oh, hinted that they had some really wild shit back before they transferred here yep and like and like maybe like you'll see them you'll see them across the room at a party and they've just they've just rigged up a double skinner
1: <laughs> he once ate a live duck everything but the beak and feet
0: and like they've clearly been up to some wild shit, but like they're just sort of getting their life sorted out now.
1: Yeah, witness protection. They have the,
0: they have the potential for excitement. The D six is just like I'm guessing, like maybe like I don't want to say quarterback because that's too elevated, but just like everyone likes the D six, everyone gets on, it's fine, you know.
1: Yeah, it's they're just, a good guy. It's the supporting cast of Clueless.
0: Yeah. Oh, actually. What if Clueless were the dice?
1: Oh my god. Important. Right. Important.
0: Okay. okay. Um. What's the name of the guy who plays uh, the love interest?
1: Which love interest?
0: The non gay one. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is a D8.
1: Yep. yep. Paul Rudd's a Rudd D8. Is. Come Paul on, Rudd, friend. easy D8.
0: Now, I will say, I forget the name of her best friend. But I think her best friend's got D twenty written all over her. I'm getting D twenty levels of sass off her friend Dion. Dion, yeah, Dion is a D twenty. Do you agree?
1: I do. I do very much so.
0: Um, Turk, well, whatever his name is in the in the film. What's his name in the film?
1: I can't remember his name in the film actually. But he's, ah, okay. he's the actor's name is Donald Faison.
0: Donald Faison is a D twelve. Hmm. He's got a big round head like a D twelve. Yeah,
1: but I mean that's, that's visually similar.
0: <laughs> not personality wise. Right?
1: Not personality wise. He's no Trey Smith.
0: Alright, so what dice is Donald Faison then?
1: I don't know. Donald Faison's getting I think like He's like
0: he's a mainish character, and it, like is he main enough to warrant a dice? And also, sorry, what's what's the main character's What is dice Cher's type?
1: dice? I mean D-10. I guess yeah, I guess Cher's the D ten.
0: D10, D Ten, yeah.
1: Which would make Oh god, what's her name? Tia?
0: Well, what's the actress? I don't know. What, it's like, like, like the new girl? The new girl. Oh, oh, she's dead now. Uh, Brittany Murphy.
1: Yes, Brittany Murphy. Yeah, she's the D4.
0: She's the D4. She's a D4. Never quite got the appeal of Brittany Murphy. No. Never, never really seemed to... Like, it always seemed like she'd heard about acting second or third
1: hand. <laughs> she'd read a book. It wasn't about acting, but it had acting in it. No.
0: It had the word acting printed in it several times. She's like, hey, maybe I'll give this a go. <laughs> I try is it. Why not?
1: That's <laughs> my Brittany Murphy
0: impression. <laughs> hey, jeez, move over out the way! I'm going to do some acting here.
1: A fairly brusque Harley Quinn.
0: So I guess. Oh, and and so that makes that makes Cher's, um initial love interest the D100. Yep. Because he seems like a good fit, but he doesn't. Like, Christian, not quite. You know, Christian. Yeah, Mr. Christian. Yeah. Um, which leaves us only with the D6, who I should like to give to um, the teacher, the squeaky voice teacher who who she helps.
1: Oh, she's lovely. Yes. Not or her, or, or do you or I do you mean, I mean love, the, the I, inconceivable I meant, man? I meant
0: the dude. Yeah, the inconceivable man. Right. Okay. I, I like both. I like, both I like, the teachers are D6s. I like her. I, I like his love
1: interest. She's super mm. squeaky.
0: Yeah, and Daddy is a D33.
1: Yes. <laughs> no, he's he's this a D, is... he's a D one hundred, but he's one of those ones that actually has a hundred sides.
0: Uh okay, or or he's a metal set of D one
1: hundreds. Yes, he does have a lot of money. This is the nicheest shit I have <laughs> ever heard. <laughs> this is so fucking niche. Next week we'll be doing we just... Mean Girls. <laughs> or as it's known, my DVD cabinet.
0: I went round to Chris's house when I first <laughs> to know him and he had two DVDs which were Mean Girls and Clueless and I think ten CDs two of which were Jerry, Jerry Hallowell albums <laughs> and he's not gay ladies no he's straight as a dime
1: yeah but like Clueless Mean Girls Clu- Ten Clu- Things I both, Hate About You both, I've already quoted Ten Things moms. I Hate About You once this podcast
0: okay I haven't seen that. I'm afraid
1: Oh, uh, that was the that was the everything but the beacon feet comment.
0: I thought it was too funny to come out of your brain. Ouch! Sorry, sorry. It was, it was no. I, I thought it sounded like a rehearsed statement. Is what I, it what is, I meant. It was to a say.
1: quote. Mm. Some of the best films ever made, people.
0: No, I mean Clueless is great. Mean Girls is brilliant.
1: Yeah. RPG Mean Girls. That's what we want.
0: Why do where do you stand on the craft?
1: I enjoy it, but it's not. It's not up there.
0: How do we just spend 10 minutes talking about who we thought the dice were?
1: Yes, that was that was a part of our day and a part of our listeners' day.
0: Jesus Christ. Well, listen, I think I think we should call it here. Yes. If you've got any films you'd like us to ascribe dice to, um don't write in, please seek help.
1: Just email please. me. Just I'm very just email excited.
0: Chris, email crystal Chris sort you out in the download with, with, with a with a black market <laughs> MP3.
1: Yeah, just just not you have a cheeky podcast on the side.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. We love recording it, and we love um, love it when you say nice things about it. We're <laughs> hungry for praise. Recognize um, please, us! Please share it with a friend. Please write write a review for us. Rate us on iTunes. It does help. Um, to be honest with you, we don't really have enough uh, momentum to punch through um, the the sea of other podcasts out there.
1: <laughs> yep. A couple of days, is going to be us and one shot. That's all it's going to be. Oh, by the
0: way, have we had a question from Turb this week?
1: Oh, hang on. I will just double check. We did.
0: What's, what does Turb want?
1: Turb of the day. Players found way to neutralise ochre jelly acid, now selling it to local nobility as artisanal preserve. What wine would pair well with it?
0: <laughs> um, Ochre jelly... I'm just going I'm actually just gonna look up an ochre jelly.
1: Okay, um, I'm going to suggest something with a very alkaline pH. Because if you're having ochre jelly acid, you want to neutralise that.
0: I, I, I think wine is acidic rather than alkaline.
1: Yes, that's what I'm saying. Well, you might want to just though. get some salts in there. It's just the taste. I think it's. I think it's going to be burning your insides like bleach. It's going to be Inspector Calls all over again.
0: I, th- I think they've they neutralised it. It's causing no harm.
1: Doesn't doesn't say that. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does say that. I'm trying to. Oh. Um,
0: I'm feeling. I think honestly, I treat it almost like a Stilton.
1: Really? So you're going for going for very strong.
0: I would like. I would like 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 a beefy Malo or a very cheeky Ryoka or maybe even a nice glass of port.
1: I think port. I think it's an after dinner thing.
0: Yeah, I think 'cause like it's it looks more like a cheese than a jam. Yeah. Um if it if in fact it is coming out like a cheese, then I'd probably go for a very sharp Sauvignon Blanc.
1: And a charcuterie board. I think it might um, it might find a place there.
0: Oh you know that could be cause I imagine, I'm I'm trying to imagine what it tastes like. I imagine it tastes a bit like um Like tow jam and pop rocks.
1: Right, you see I'm getting more curd.
0: Like lemon curd, like
1: like like that sort of consistency.
0: Okay, all right. But like so I mean, maybe
1: curd. maybe just a really like, crunchy loaf for breakfast.
0: Get, like, we've got a wine, but like we've, we've got to try and shift the wine as well.
1: That's true. I mean, just whatever with wine's with in the house for breakfast.
0: Going with, go with lemon curd, I guess i um, or like like some some sort of curd. I want to pair it with something bright and snappy. Again, a Sauvignon Blanc um, is my go-to white for any meal. Do like a Sauvignon Blanc,
1: Pinot so Grigio. Think,
0: yeah, yeah, the, uh, the 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 Pinot Grigio.
1: I Fucking love Pinot Grigio. And
0: it's very nice. Oh, maybe, maybe like a Pinot Grigio. Um,
1: would, yeah. Would you like Would you like Turb's final thought for the day? Oh, please do. The Rakshash's back to front hands. What the frick, man?
0: Yeah, what the frick, man? Back
1: to front hands.
0: Mm. Why? I mean, it it, it implies duplicity.
1: Yes, but also difficulty holding stuff.
0: It must make it very hard to open doors.
1: Yeah, and clap.
0: Mm. Well, hang on a sec. That was me using the backs of my hands, so that's fine.
1: But it's not the same, is it? It's not like that that sonorous sort of... <claps> has it?
0: Okay, okay. I want you to imagine a rakshasa applauding at anything other than a polite volume.
1: The only time I can see it is when... The thing he owns has just won the gladiatorial combat.
0: Yeah, that's true. I'm I, I imagining this is like a booming, slightly more rural rickshaw. Yeah,
1: yeah, but this, we're talking like five claps like that. Bang, bang. I want you to imagine
0: thing. a tiger, a rickshaw. So, for a, a rakshasha is a is a tiger person? Tiger's head, human, everything else. Claws a little bit. I want you to imagine one of them with a lovely big beard. Imagine or, a tiger with a
1: or beard. Mane. How great would
0: that look? No, like, like like a big beard. But it's made out of tiger fur.
1: Oh, that would be so fluffy.
0: i love that. So fluffy That's my, that's, that's my new fantasy boyfriend.
1: <laughs> With his backwards hands. Is that what you're after?
0: Daddy Raksha. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know his hands are backwards, but he could probably still, you know, sort me out.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'd have a go. Well, they are magic.
0: I'm trying to think, actually. Well, because like, he couldn't hold me. Because his hands go the wrong way.
1: Just going to turn the hands backwards, I guess.
0: Well, like, like he could, like he a could literal like, backhander. He could, he could put his, um, he could put his hands underneath my arms and sort of hold my arms a little bit. That might be nice.
1: I think that'd be weird, to be honest with you. Hmm.
0: Yeah. All oh, right. You know, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's no future in, our, in our love.
1: Well, it was never meant to be. It Was not written in the stars that you and Rakhshasha should mate. Hair bond, if you will.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Hardy Dice, friends. We, Thank you. Uh, we, we would hugely appreciate it if you share this around. Um, if if you know anyone who wants to know what the what the uh, standard polyhedrals are when you compare them to the casts of '90s films, um, please um, get in touch with them and tell them that that now exists in this podcast. And also um, at
1: the Madigan is my Twitter handle.
0: Yeah, very much so. I'm at G. S. Howitt. Again, don't bother me so much on the dice front.
1: Bother me. Uh, that's
0: that's more for Chris. Um we love you very much. You are we think beautiful. You are beautiful, and honestly, you so grow more beautiful. Beautiful
1: to so me. Beautiful, that's true.
0: Oh, we were singing different songs about beautiful. We were. Okay. Well, I think it worked. Yeah. I promised. think I think that I think that when I catch your eyes and look into your eyes, it's like fireworks. Big pizza pie. My heart feels fit to burst with the joy that I get from knowing that you, listener, listen to this podcast. And we love you so much. Thank you so much for being part of our lives. Was that too much? It's so beautiful. Was that
1: too much? It's so beautiful. No, it was was spot on.
0: It was just enough.
1: (laughs) A little bit more and I'm done.
0: Please... (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We have been Grant Howe and Chris Taylor, and um, now now you know.
1: Now you know. Now
0: you know. Now you know. Now you know.
1: Now you know.